This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. Last week, we saw the ceremonial start of the Senate impeachment trial of President Donald Trump. Today, the proceedings kicked off in earnest. Take a listen to Majority Leader Mitch McConnell on the Senate floor today, outlining what the next steps of the Senate trial will be if indeed his rules resolution is adopted. After pretrial business, the resolution establishes the four things that need to happen next. First, the Senate will hear an opening presentation from the House managers. Second, we will hear from the President's counsel. Third, senators will be able to seek further information by posing written questions to either side through the Chief Justice. And fourth, with all that information in hand, the Senate will consider whether we feel any additional evidence or witness, witnesses are necessary to evaluate whether the House case has cleared or failed to clear the high bar of overcoming the presumption of innocence and undoing a democratic election. And now take a listen to minority leader Chuck Schumer express outrage over that very proposed McConnell resolution. On something as important as impeachment, the McConnell resolution is nothing short of a national disgrace. This will go down, this resolution, as one of the darker moments in the Senate history, perhaps one of even the darkest. Now, Leader McConnell has just said he wants to go by the Clinton rules. Then why did he change them in four important ways at minimum to all make the trial less transparent, less clear, and with less evidence? Needless to say, there's a lot of partisan rancor at the outset of the trial. Now, a a quick housekeeping note. We are recording this in the afternoon. The trial is ongoing on a television screen right behind me in this audio recording booth as we're recording the podcast. So we're going to try to take a step back and examine some of the bigger contextual questions at play here. In a few minutes, I'll be talking with CNN legal analyst Michael Zeldin. But first, I've got a colleague stationed on Capitol Hill in the midst of all the impeachment chaos up there. On the phone with me, that's Alex Rogers. He's CNN politics congressional reporter. Alex, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So, Alex, let me first start by bringing in the latest news, which is that as McConnell is on the floor presenting this uh, rules resolution, we learn that it actually has been altered. And I think the the reason this is a big deal, not that uh, they have three days to make 24 hours worth of arguments per side instead of two. So that sounds like an eight hour day and still a 12 hour day. I don't think that's the, the like the headline here. What I think the headline is, but correct me if I'm wrong, is we're learning that the rules changed at the last minute because of some Republican pressure 
inside his conference on McConnell, who has promised us time and again he has the votes to pass his resolution. Well, he clearly didn't think he had the votes all lined up to pass the original version of the resolution because he made a change. And to me, this is an indication of just how important when you're talking about the politics of this impeachment, it's not whether or not Donald Trump is going to be acquitted. It is how is this going to unfold and at what point do those Republican senators who are either in tough states for reelection or retiring or have expressed some reservation about the way things are going here, how much and how often are they going to exert pressure on Mitch McConnell to deviate from his original plan, and we saw it happen out of the gate, didn't we? Yeah, so today's vote is all about whether or not the trial is fair, and Republicans and Democrats have differing views on what is fair in the Senate trial. It appears that Senator Susan Collins of Maine, a vulnerable um, senator who is a moderate, uh, got an early win here. It looks like she and others pushed to change the rules of the trial so that it looks more like the last one in 1999, the Clinton trial. Uh, Mitch McConnell wanted to do a 24 hours of opening arguments. Uh, but when you start at 1 p.m., those can go into the middle of the night. So Senator Schumer and other Democrats were saying, you are trying to hide this trial. You are trying to acquit the, uh, the president of the United States um, in the middle of the night. And so it appears that there's this you know, last minute uh, rules change in it so that each side can then present their argument over a longer period of days so that this will it will drag on longer um, but they will not uh, they're taking away the democratic talking point of saying that this is going to be passed in the middle of the night and what I think is interesting about that is that you know our own CNN polling shows that 69 percent of the public say that an upcoming trial should feature testimony from new witnesses who did not testify so there is a a, a public um, awareness of, of what's going on and a push for um, you know, more transparency, more witnesses, more documents to come forward. And this is a, an early indication that Senator Mitch McConnell has you know, yielded to some of the more moderate members of his conference in order to, um, to uh, you know, assuage their fears. Alex, it's not just uh, the length of time uh, per day uh, or how many days this 24-hour period will get. It is also, it seems, in the rules change that McConnell agreed uh, to allow uh, the evidence collected by the House to be entered into the record of the Senate trial unless somebody uh, raises objection to that, as opposed to not allowing it in and putting it up for a vote to put it in after the arguments, he changed that rule as well. That was also one of uh, Chuck Schumer's complaints that I guess some Republicans like Susan Collins had reservations about. Uh, what do you make of that change? So th- that was another difference. Senator Mitch McConnell keeps saying that this is going to be like the 1999 Clinton trial. Why that was important is because 100 senators, all senators voted for those rules. And they were seen as fair at the time. And Mitch McConnell's point is if it was fair then, then it's fair now. One of the differences, though, is that uh, he wanted to have um, the House record, everything that's been done so far, not to be admitted into the record, but instead to have a vote to do so, essentially calling what the House has done partisan and maybe illegitimate. This acknowledgement of changing the rules uh, now shows that he felt the pressure um, and he is changing that in order to go back even more sort of those Clinton rules from 1999 and um, now each side retains the ability to make you know, motions during the trial um, regarding what can be added or struck as evidence. 
Um, but clearly, we're seeing that uh, Mitch McConnell is feeling pressure from those moderate Republicans on at least a couple of issues here to try to make the, the trial in their minds more fair. Yeah, without a doubt. Quickly, before I let you go back to work, let's get to the most important issue. Uh, the candy desk, the candy drawer <laughs> on the Senate floor. Uh, what is that about? How, how much candy is uh, what kind of candy is going to be there? Who gets to monitor how much candy the senators consume? Are they allowed to get up from their <laughs> desks and take candy out of the candy desk? So uh, Senator Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, Republican, uh, has provided candy to the press corps, which we obviously appreciate. He um, has a number of different snacks in his desk that, you know, I'm sure that senators are going to want over the next couple of weeks because it's going to get tiring. Uh, he's got some you know, chocolate from, from Hershey, Pennsylvania and other places around his state. Um, and for I think for both for the reporters and the members, uh, they, they appreciate the, uh, the sugar boost. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Alex Rogers, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Get back to work and let us know uh, as developments emerge. Will do. Thanks so much. Joining me now, CNN legal analyst Michael Zeldin. Michael, I appreciate you being here. And I'll just say for the record, my favorite Pennsylvania candy is peanut chews. Those are my favorite uh, Pennsylvania manufactured candies. And I know that Senator Toomey has those in the candy desk. Uh, Michael, day one of uh, the impeachment trial, uh, you have familiarized yourself with the briefs that uh, the House Democrats put forward over the weekend that uh, the White House uh, put forward uh, yesterday. I want to get your initial take on if you think this trial is going to get to the facts of the case in any way, because it seems and correct me if you're reading this differently, that the White House strategy here is to not even get to the to the July 25th phone call or the or the facts and circumstances of this case. They're saying these charges don't rise to the constitutional requirement of what you need to impeach a president. And this simply doesn't belong uh, in sort of adjudication in the United States Senate. That's right. I found that which was most striking about the, def- the, the defense, I guess, the Trump answer, is that they are not really contesting the facts. They are saying, yeah, those are the facts, but we are in our rights to do exactly that. And any attempt to remove the president based on that, which he has the right to do in our estimation, would be unconstitutional. And therefore, we are moving to strike these articles of impeachment and dismiss these charges. So there is no factual defense. The defense is really a legal argument that these do not rise to the level contemplated by the framers for impeachment removal conviction. The other argument that I can get from this, which I'm not sure if it's an argument or just political rhetoric, but you're the legal mind. So tell me here if there's a a legal argument to be made. They say this entire process from the House is rigged. What does that mean legally rigged? It doesn't mean anything. The process here was as the House sought, and that is in its sole prerogative. They brought forth witnesses. They had cross-examination of those witnesses. They were denied other witnesses. But that process was as fulsome as they could have made it, given the obstruction allegation against the president. To say it was rigged is just, I think, misleading, and it is a political statement rather than a legal observation. Uh, 
As you and I are sitting here recording this podcast right now, Adam Schiff, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, the lead uh, impeachment manager for the House, uh, is still on the Senate floor uh, using his time, by the way, not in opening arguments yet, not in presenting their case yet. This is the time that uh, the White House had some time and now Schiff has some time to deal with the rules resolution that Mitch McConnell's put forward. But what Adam Schiff is doing with his time is using it to spell out the case. He's he's playing clips of the president. He's going back to the fact pattern. Uh, he's using this moment, even though it is about the rules, to actually get into the meat of the case. What do you make of that strategy? So I think it was a very clever opening statement. What he said was this process that is proposed by McConnell is backwards. That is, he wants us, McConnell, to make our entire case in chief through oral argument. And then at the end of that, we'll decide whether we need witnesses. So Schiff starts off by saying no trial in America starts that way. No judge would countenance that as a process. So fundamentally, he says the most important vote you can make today is to make sure that we have a fair trial that comports with constitutional prerogatives. Then he says, but let me talk to you about the evidence. And he goes right into using this time when presumably people are watching because it's the first you know, opening of the trial to make his case in chief that the president of the United States abused the powers of his office and obstructed the investigation. So I think good for Adam Schiff from an advocacy standpoint. Now we'll see Jay Sekulow respond. Pat Cipollone kicked it off, the White House counsel, initially on these uh, rules uh, that he supports the McConnell resolution. Um, I do want to uh, have you listen to Mitt Romney, the Republican senator from Utah. Uh, Our colleague Manu Raju caught up with him. Now, this was uh, this is all about that rules battle that we were talking about with Alex. And and yes, the rules changed at the last minute here. But I think there's a politically salient point at what Romney saying. And I want to get your take. Here's Mitt Romney. The changes are pretty modest and I don't think are, are significant in any uh, uh, dramatic way. Uh, so, for instance, whether something is going to be uh, taking 12 hours uh, per day or eight hours per day, uh, it's still going to get covered in the news. And what's officially go, going into evidence doesn't make a big difference because the senators are, of course, free to uh, look at all the information they have that comes from the House. So um, I, I think those two issues are just not big ones. I think the Democrats make a mistake uh, when they cry outrage time and time again. If everything is an outrage, then nothing is an outrage. So uh, the big issue, I think, relates to witnesses and the discussion of witnesses and the vote on witnesses that counts is going to be after opening arguments. My guess is today they're going to have lots of motions on witnesses. We've all told them we're not going to deal with that now. We're going to deal with that after opening arguments, just like during the Clinton process. So we heard there is Mitt Romney. I don't know when he talked to Manu. He was already in the know that uh, McConnell was changing those two rules. But he kind of like made it no big deal about those rules changes about uh, how much time the 24, how many days the 24 hours is split across or the evidence uh, matter of the House evidence being entered into the Senate trial officially or not. What I think is so interesting in what he said, he kind of threw a warning shot to Chuck Schumer saying, don't cry outrage all the time if you're hoping to woo some of us, the the Republican senators that you may be able to woo on witnesses. Do you think uh, that is going to fall on listening ears from Chuck Schumer or deaf ears? I hope it will fall on listening ears because I think Romney has a point, which is to say, pick your battles carefully. And if you want to entice the few moderates that remain in the Senate from the Republican side of the aisle, then 
argued those cases forcefully to us. He's interesting in his statement that witness is the, is the key, and he knows that. And he's just sort of, I think, saying, don't also, David, I think he's saying, don't force me to vote on these little things because I need cover. I need to, if you will, vote with the party line on the small things so that if I want to go on the big thing, I have coverage. And I, and I think we heard both of those things in that statement. Yeah, I thought it was very, very interesting. And if Chuck Schumer is as savvy as a politician as I think he is, he will pay keen attention uh, to what Mitt Romney was saying there. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, I, thank you so much, Michael, for being here. Thanks also to Alex Rogers earlier in the program for appearing on the podcast. Obviously, this is a rapidly unfolding story, and we can only cover so much on the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. So I want you to go to CNN.com slash impeachment. Keep up with the very latest CNN reporting on this impeachment trial. As always, we'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. Remember, we've got a new episode every weeknight. So please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast app is. And while you're there, leave us a rating or a comment. It helps people find the show. We'll see you tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.